welcome to Unwritten Imaginings, where lazy authors talk about story ideas that they'll never get around to writing. New episodes every Sunday. Let us know if you use one of our ideas, and we'll give your story a shout-out in a subsequent episode. New ideas are now 25% more concentrated. I'm not entirely sure what that's supposed to mean, unless perhaps you're talking about uh, playing the podcast at a higher speed, but... I don't know if they're going to yeah. make the decision to do that on this episode. I would think that they would have done it before. Yeah, well, it's always an option. It is always an option. Personally, I listen to podcasts at three times speed almost all the time. So I'm not particularly disappointed if you choose to do the same for us. 300. Eh? 300%, yes. Fully concentrated. All right. This week, I believe we're having one of your ideas. Yep. So I'm starting to run out of ideas, so we're we're reaching back in the vault for this one. Oh no. <laughs> oh yeah. Will we need to find out a way to come up with new ones soon? Oh yeah. Yeah. Truly, it's a disaster. So this one is the first kind of story idea magic system I ever came up with, but I never started writing it because this was back in grade six. And my teacher at the Briety had to start, like, a writing club, like, before school in the mornings. And, like, ain't nobody's going to wake up that early. So I never went. I suppose it depends on how early we're talking here. Was it, like, 6 a.m.? 5? It's probably 7. <laughs> but, like, you know, as a kid who sleeps, like... But that's when I had to be up anyway. Well, you know, American school system's not, not great. You're not wrong. Yeah, all my schools started at 9 a.m., as, as any decent civilization would, would do for their children. <laughs> decent civilization? What's that? All right. <laughs> <laughs> one day, one day your country will find democracy. <laughs> all right. Let's hear the idea, though, before we get too sidetracked. <laughs> so... Uh, this is like a very rough and unformed magic system, but basically the magic is just kind of the ability to transform energy while ignoring the laws of entropy. So they can theoretically make any physical or chemical reaction occur if they have enough knowledge, power, and control. Although obviously... Like, the the easiest forms of energy that they have to work with are basic things like heat, sound, light. So most people kind of stay within those realms. But theoretically, if you knew what you were doing and had enough power, you could transform matter. I see. Yeah. I think it might be just easier to do overall if, like, matter wasn't even included. You just had the standard types of energy as we think of it um apply i mean obviously matter is energy but like you know <laughs> you know i meant more like you know catalyzing chemical reactions not like accidentally destroying the entire world because you converted some mass to energy or something well it would be unlikely to destroy <laughs> the entire world unless you converted rather a lot of matter into energy <laughs> And it, even then, it sort of depends on what kind of energy. <laughs> like, if you converted it into light, like, I mean, that would destroy a significant area, but it wouldn't, uh, it wouldn't uh, seriously ruin everything. If you converted it into, like, 
gamma radiation, you might have different issues. If you converted it into heat, also issues. <laughs> you know, if it was if it was any kind of radiation, it would probably only destroy half the world. Well, it depends. It depends on the kind of radiation. Again, like yeah. you'd have less of an issue with you know. I think it's alpha that like it doesn't penetrate at all. Let me let me look that up just to make sure that I'm not spreading misinformation <laughs> here. Alpha radiation <laughs> penetration. Yeah, alpha alpha particles have a very limited ab- ability to penetrate other materials, so you'd be fine, mostly. My my twelve year old self wasn't really contemplating the ways that the mages in this universe could destroy the world. Hey. Your 12-year-old self needs to step up her game. I know. (laughs) Gotta branch out into world destruction. Exactly. If it's not the first thing you think about, all right, how do I destroy my world within my system? Come on. (laughs) What are you you even doing? And the answer to that, by the way, for our dear listeners here, is being a normal person, and that's completely (laughs) fine. No, it's not. I judge. Oh, okay. (laughs) So right off the bat, we need to drop some limits on this. No spinning up matter. On your own. If you cause it to split up through other means, that's fine. But you're not allowed to split up matter on your own. But, like, in, yeah, in my imagination, the limiting factor on people's power would be, like, how much energy they could absorb. And they had, like, wands that could, like, store power. But they'd have to, like, absorb it by, like, you know, absorbing all the heat around them and all the sound around them and all the light around them. All right, first question. Why do they need to bother to absorb it instead of just moving it from one place to another without absorbing it? Or functioning as a conduit? Like, they don't necessarily have to, but I assume they have a certain amount of range of uh, the area around them that they can pull energy from and transform energy within. I mean, if you're willing to freeze a significant chunk of air, then you could make a fireball. Yeah. It's not even that significant. I actually already did the math on this one. It's like, if you've got a 20 meter meter radius, it's like barely any temperature difference. Okay. That whole Kelvin thing. So I suppose if we want to, if we want to make heat less of a ridiculously powerful one, then we would probably need to impose some limits on how low they can take the temperature. Yeah. I would say that like that, that is part of the skill level, like how extreme you can push absolute zero well you don't even need to get close to absolute zero if you reduce the temperature of uh of a 30 meter radius by just three celsius you're getting a hell of a lot of energy right there i mean i feel like giving them a 30 meter radius is a bit much it's a little bit too much free energy even if you have like 10 meter radius that's still significant Okay, let's just give them, like, arm's length and make them work for it. <laughs> exactly. Okay, so they can only apply and they can only absorb and apply energy at, like, very close ranges. Yeah. Got it. And then they spend most of their time, like, sitting in fires and stuff like that. I see. And they really enjoy summertime <laughs> and bright light and things like that. But for them, it's neither summertime nor all that bright. But yeah, they always look like they're standing in shadow. <laughs> oh, that's that's a neat little little thing on there. Just all your mages look like they're constantly standing in the darkness of of the of the shade except you look around and there is no shade. 
And then if you want to make, you know, some cool visual effects in anime, whenever they're actually casting, like, big spells, like, they go they go entirely black, like, no no light escapes the, the area around them. That would only be light spells, though. Yeah, no light, no sound. Well, it would be based on, it would be based on the type of spell that they're using, because if they're using a sound spell, then they would go silent. If they're using a light spell, then they would go dark. No, because they absorb all types of energy they can absorb and they release it in whatever form they want right oh i just kind of assumed that they had to release it in the form that they absorbed it in no i said transformation i specified transformation that gets uh wild yeah i mean most effective for like damaging things is just kinetic yeah you just turn the heat into kinetic just constantly sound kinetic light kinetic heat kinetic well i mean in terms of what they can do like offensively like they can only directly give kinetic energy to things within their their arm's length radius i'm not sure if you've thought about this but you can hold the ball in your hand oh yeah in my mind when the mages were attacked by an army they would have just like blinded them all or made them all bleed from their eardrums. Well, I mean, it sort of depends on what you want. Like, blinding them all, you'd need quite a bit stored up, but, like, even with just a moderate amount stored up, you could get a handful of ball bearings and then just impart a lot of momentum. You'd need a lot of ball bearings, though. Like, one, like you, you gotta shoot them individually, you know? I was thinking, like, I'm bored. Like, I don't want to waste time with this army. Let's just blast them. <laughs> I feel like an opening salvo with the ball bearings would be... Fairly uh, frightening. Yeah, I mean, you know, you can do ball bearings, you can do giant rock, you can do whatever, you can do shrapnel. I guess they're not ball bearings, they're just like steel balls. Ball bearings are the like circular things, aren't they? Well, yeah, but if you launch them at a high enough speed. Yeah, but you, the ball is better for actually damaging somebody than just like a circular thing with balls inside of it. You no, know, ball bearings are the circles. Yeah, but I was I was talking about the balls, not the bearings. Okay, step one, learn how to destroy your world. Step two, learn how to kill large amounts of people <laughs> with your magic system. Step three, learn how to stop that from happening. Um, <laughs> which I said is a joke, but is actually true as well. So, how do these people not destroy the world? Well, in my like 12-year-old mind, you had to be chosen by a magic wand. That would only choose you if you weren't like a mass murderer. Okay, but then how do you get, like, villains? So, <laughs> so we, we can change all of this, but <laughs> in my imagination, like, you, you were born with the ability, genetically, but you weren't able to store energy unless you were chosen by a wand. So there are all these, like, weaker but more evil magicians around. Okay, and by weaker, we don't actually mean that much weaker. We just mean that are more conduit than storage system. Yeah. And they're also less trained because they're not allowed going to the academy hmm. with a capital A and an <laughs> IE at the end. <laughs> well, we need to give them some sort of advantage so that they can actually compete. Well, they outnumber the good ones. That wouldn't be enough. <laughs> <laughs> no. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna come out and say it. That would not be enough. Mm. And even then, at least neutral people outnumber evil people and like evil people isn't even like really a way to put it like the number of people who are 
likely to become the mass murdering type is fairly low. <laughs> Otherwise, society wouldn't uh, work. Well, like, you know, most people are kind of neutral, but then if they, like, you know, have the wrong environment, they could easily end up being, like, killers and people we consider no. not moral. Also not true. No? Most people are neutral, but, like, neutral means they'll screw somebody over, not they'll kill somebody. I'm thinking that somebody, like, gathers all of the ones that weren't chosen and, like, builds, like, an army and tells them, you know, that this academy is so elitist. And now like, we're getting somewhere. <laughs> there's, like, a secret. Like, it's not that they're, they're, there's a reason that they weren't chosen other than, like, some snobby headmaster at the academy just choosing exactly okay now we're getting somewhere all right so we have two full organizations one of them uses these magic wands to store energy and the other one doesn't really have the ability to store energy but i think that's probably not actually the case because even just using technology that we had in renaissance era you would start to be able to store energy with like you could get a um you could get a very temperature resistant box and then because you can just move energy with your mind you could start storing heat inside of it inside like water or something so you have this sort of multiple systems thing where one group has these like balls that they carry around that are like full of something and like nobody ever opens it so you don't necessarily need to explain what it is yeah, like the chosen mages get to store their energy as just this magical potential energy thing in a handy small object that's quite light and, uh, you know, fits into their palms of their hands. Whereas the other side has to, like, either find materials that they can store heat into or, like, set things on fire right as they're starting their spells and stuff like that. You know, there's always around it. Yeah. But it's, it's just more cumbersome. It's far more cumbersome. They also have the advantage of, because their training is more along the lines of being a conduit, they would be much better at um, essentially working with allies to create like a bigger attack that draws from a larger area. But on the other hand, like the sheer amount of energy that the wands can store, I feel like, like it would take years, but like you can definitely unleash more powerful spells that if they require you know a lot of energy at once compared to a sustained output okay i mean that makes a degree of sense now looking at this i sort of really want to pull a sneaky on it and make it so that we're not doing the like standard good guys get these overwhelming advantages by being good guys thing and instead make it so that it's not really good guys it's more status quo versus change okay Wait, which one's status quo? The academy? The, the academy. Like, the other one doesn't make any sense for it to be status quo. <laughs> okay. Like, not to be too direct about it, but it's it's difficult to make an institution that uh, is based around change. So, the academy is, uh, is the status quo force here. Now, the reason that I want to do that is because, like, who are our main characters here? Uh, well, you know... A guy and a girl. <laughs> well, why ask? Why ask? The girl has a tragic backstory. <laughs> I, I don't know what I expected. This is 
not this is not only me this is 12 year old me this is like back when i was reading twilight <laughs> i see oh man okay i would say like because it's a genetic ability like a lot of the mages in the academy are like higher class just because over the years it's like mages have married other mages yeah okay in that case i'm very very glad that um i've already said that it's status quo versus change instead of good versus evil man yeah <laughs> but the, like the main character shouldn't should be like you know a random mage who was born in a poor country village well if they're going to the academy then I would think that they're instead just, like, the son or daughter of, uh, of a wealthy merchant type. No, but, like, you go to the academy if you're chosen by one of the wands, right? It has nothing to do with whether you're rich or not. But the academy controls the wands to begin with. No, 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 no. The, the, the wands are a magical, mystical thing. They just choose people. In my imagination, it was the wands choose. Because if you're not a good person, it won't choose you. See, I, I don't actually like that. I don't like that. The wands won't choose you unless you're a good person. Because, like, it just sort of gives an overwhelming advantage to the good guys because they're good guys, which is just not how anything works. <laughs> like, I mean, I would prefer it if things worked that way, but in reality, it turns out being evil, very good way to gain power. <laughs> as long as it's not, like, obvious murderous evil. Obvious murderous evil is also a very good way to just not, not gain anything. It turns out lawful neutral is the most powerful alignment. <laughs> so I think maybe, I mean, we can keep part of that where it's like the wands don't choose anybody who's murderous, but they're okay with choosing like neutral type people. And maybe the longer they're without a partner, the more accepting of random people they just, they get. Okay. And the Academy sort of takes advantage of that by, you know, holding the wands deep underground and then just bringing tour groups through, essentially, trying to get people to be chosen by the wands. So their intent is to make it so that wands are not available to the populace and that they have uh, control over who gets them. And their ostensible purpose in that is that they screen people to make sure that, like, the bad guys don't get it. But over time, that sort of faded and it became more of a let's get our kids in and maybe some kids of some rich people who will agree with us and then maybe some other random people just to make it seem like that's not what we're doing it is an institution of higher learning after all <laughs> in that case i would just make the main character you know a, a kid who snuck into the caverns and got chosen by want and then immediately snapped up by the academy because that's their whole deal yeah, like, if you have a wand, you have to go to the academy. There's no choice. Like, the society wouldn't be like, no, you're not allowed. And they can't revoke the wand. They have no power over them, really. Exactly. And then they pretend like it was their plan all along. <laughs> and, like, also, like, the kid is, like, way too young. Because they usually, like, wait for them to be, like, literate and stuff so they can be taught. But it's like, no, this four-year-old just, uh, scampered in. <laughs> a four-year-old? Really? Eight? You were trying to make it a romance. Well, no, well, no, no. This is like Harry Potter. You gotta like go through the school age <laughs> education, <sighs> then add the romance. Make them at least like twelve. Fine, we'll make them twelve. 
they usually try and get like I don't know, fifteen year old, eighteen year old. Yeah, because that way they're more ingrained into society already. The point is to essentially brainwash them without them knowing they're being brainwashed. Yeah, I guess. And then the doctrine is that you're chosen if you're a good person. Exactly. So then, like, children born to, like, mage families who end up, like, not getting chosen. Immediate exile. Yeah, are, like, shunned because everyone just assumes there's they're evil and there's something wrong with them. Which is the basis for the other side forming because <laughs> great prejudice to, you know, split society with. Yeah, upon the uh, unknown whims of these <laughs> random devices. <laughs> That actually don't choose based on that. They choose based on, like, compatibility or some other factors. Exactly. That, like, are not morally determined. Exactly. All right. So here we go. A society that's come to a belief that is uh, inherently self-destructive without knowing that they've come to that belief. A person who's being indoctrinated into that system through the academy that has been set up for years. I like it. We're going somewhere now. All right. I do think we probably need to come up with the other side on this, right? So maybe it is somebody from a mage family. The like the the person who's consolidating all the people against the academy, I mean. Somebody from a mage family, yeah. but like absolutely not a bad person, but like somebody who's ridiculously good at like rhetoric and convincing people of things, and they're not a bad person, and they essentially like they're accidentally using cult tactics where they approach vulnerable people, you know, the ones who have just been kicked out of their noble house for not getting chosen by a wand. And then they produce the, um, you're not actually a failure. This is just a thing that happens. Here's an alternate path. We love you. We accept you. Oops, I'm a cult leader. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> okay. Accidental cult leader. Well, I mean, minus the abusive tactics that are involved there, because there are a lot of them. Or at least minus most of them. Yeah. So they're like total opposites, right? One is like some some poor kid who accidentally got into the academy. And the other one is like the first person in like 12 generations to not get chosen. Exactly. <laughs> they're completely off. Now, I kind of want to make it so that the people who don't get chosen by the wands actually have like a slightly larger absorption range. Okay. But why would that? Well, that's why they're not getting chosen by the wands. The wands are tools intended to help people who, who need the help. <laughs> Maybe not that, though. That's a little bit... Like, they, yeah, like, the wands inherently reject stronger mages doesn't seem like... Well, not stronger. Like, just mages with larger ranges. Because there's a difference between longer range and higher throughput, right? Not in this world. Well, I'm saying, like... If you limit an individual's through, if we decide like that the magic system limits an individual's throughput based on training or whatever, that could stay the same, but like somebody's range could get bigger. No, but their throughput does depend on the radius of the area they can pull the, the energy from. I mean, only if they can move all the energy at once. I was saying like if they had a limited transfer rate. Although, well, if, but if people have that, then having the, a large amount of stored energy isn't that helpful. I mean, I would consider it still helpful, but... Not considering how outnumbered they are. <laughs> it's true, it's true. So I would say the amount that you can push the limits of your how bright 
a light you can make or how hot a temperature you can produce or how cold a temperature you can produce that is like limited by i don't know innate ability slash training skill you know like the equivalent of like physical strength but the actual throughput doesn't if that makes sense maybe it doesn't those are the same thing energy throughput is how bright a light you can make how hot a fire you can make <laughs> maybe we have to separate the input and the output then yeah i think it might just be better to, to leave that up to whoever's writing it Find a way for your two sides of this conflict to be competitive. There are plenty of them out there. Not just have one side utterly slaughter the other. Unless that's the story you want to tell, because, like, telling the story of how the people with wands just have the ability to completely slaughter the people without is an interesting place you could go. Uh, it's just not, I think, what we want to describe here. It's a, it's a place you can go. I don't know if it tells much of a story, though. It's not a great conflict, if... If it's over so quickly. Well, at that point, you just don't engage them in open battle. You instead do guerrilla warfare, uh, asymmetrical combat, jumping them when they least expect it. <laughs> oh god, that's creepy. I mean, it is how you win an asymmetrical warfare situation. That being said, right? Like, if you're a mage, you can just absorb all the kinetic energy in in the area around you as hard as you can right and like that would be your defense that assumes that you're aware no if you just constant like if you're in combat you would just constantly do that yeah if you're in combat yeah but well you know once once all the mages start getting murdered whenever they're just walking around people would learn how to do that all the time well, I mean, if you're absorbing all the light around you, then you wouldn't be able to see. If you're absorbing all the kinetic energy around you, I'm not sure you'd be able to move. You might be able to, but, like, you'd have to very specifically allow yourself to move. And then you also couldn't come in contact with any of your allies, so they'd need to be further apart. So they'd be weakened by you not being there. Yeah, it would be like an entire new level of combat training. Where you have to, like, control your body and your magic at the same time. Plus, if you sneak into the mage's camp and then poison their water supply, well, poison's not energy, so... that's That that would be why I wanted to give them uh, the symmetrical warfare ability, because otherwise you have that story. <laughs> that's boring. It's not boring. <laughs> it's, in fact, very, very exciting. But it's also... Usually people aren't a fan of reading about that kind of thing happens. It's uh, not a good time for anybody involved all right we have the um poor person who stole a wand and became part of the academy we have the rich person who was kicked out of their house and became a member of the cult founded a cult <laughs> it could be either one i would say that it could be either the founder or it could be somebody who got picked up by the founder and convinced where are we trying to get this to go we're trying to get people to figure out the actual way the wands choose users. All right, and if they know the way that the wands actually choose users, what changes do we want to occur in the world? I guess not kicking people out of their families if they don't get chosen. And also, like, letting commoners try it out as well. <laughs> A more fair and equitable society. There we go. <laughs> We're going somewhere now. Are we? 
I very much enjoy the, that kind of story. Get toward a more fair and equitable society. That's a that's a good that's a good idea. Yeah, I mean, I try and start with fair and equitable society. I mean, you sometimes do, but then sometimes you have <laughs> good nobles and evil peasants, and I get a little bit sus on that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we're just gonna pretend that that uh, never happened. Not even once. No. Leave my leave Eternosaurus alone. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know as well as I do that I like Eternosaurus. Yeah. Anyways, it's not like good nobles. There's tons of evil nobles. <laughs> yeah, they just happen to be the ones that were kicked out of their house and then uh, are rising up against the system of the good nobles. Um, if we're going that way, how does the change come about? Is the big one. Because I think that what we're looking at here is essentially something's going to come to a head somewhere. And I'm wondering who makes the decision and how badly do we want it to go? I guess, like, this kid who accidentally snuck in and and got bonded with a wand would be, like, the first time in a hundred years that just some nobody kid with not a known last name got chosen. And then the cult, like, actually uses it as proof that the system is corrupt or something. Like, look, people can get chosen that aren't noble. I mean, it's, uh, it's fairly good proof. <laughs> and they try and get this person to join their organization, even though they have one. Because they're like, you actually belong with us. And then, you know, the kid is kind of tempted because all the noble kids at school are mean. <laughs> I can see it. I really want to go, like, completely off the rails right now and go somewhere very strange, but that's probably not what we want to do. You know what? I'll explain it anyway. Okay. So what I want to happen here is that they try to convince this poor peasant kid that, like, hey, this system you're part of, not great, actually. And look at all these people who weren't chosen, who were noble, and you're a normal person who was chosen, even though you're not noble. And then the person who's, like, Got all these chosen one vibes. It's just like, yeah, nah. But then a couple of the noble people are actually like convinced and they go over and start helping. They're like, hey, yeah, no, no, this whole thing's screwed up. And then the person who was chosen from the, who was chosen by a wand essentially is like, but I don't really care that it's screwed up because it's screwed up in my favor. Okay, so you want that kid to actually like not be one of the main characters or? Well, I mean... I would tell it as a ensemble cast story where you have more than one person who's the quote-unquote main character. So, like, I would be telling it from the point of view of the cult leader. I would be telling it from the point of view of one of the um, chosen kids' former friends who decide to join the cult leader type. Yeah. And then just spread it out into this whole um, enormous political mess that is the change that is overcoming this society. Okay. But if the peasant kid is kind of like, oh, it's like, it's tilted in my favor. I don't want to, I don't want to help. I don't think that would be really popular with the readers. I don't care. <laughs> I know. It's, it's my ongoing problem. I don't care. <laughs> Look, screw the audience. I do what I want. Exactly. <laughs> Who cares what the audience thinks? Let's go in an interesting direction. Yeah, it's just, you know people who might like support you <laughs> imagine having patreon supporters am i right <laughs> sweet it's a sweet sweet time <laughs> now, 
I wouldn't know, obviously. Uh, oh, man. Okay. So, I guess it would be like the cult leader MC, or the cult higher-up. I don't know how you want to play them, but... Uh, They're more of a leader than a cult leader, but, you know. Uh, they have to be, like, quite inventive in, like, figuring out alternate ways of magic storage and stuff like that. So I would assume they're actually the ones who discover the actual rules to how wands are choosing people. I actually think that it would be a little bit more interesting if we're doing an ensemble cast type thing. If somebody who's in the actual system discovers that and like is like, hey, uh, everybody should know this. And then they try to spread it and then die. <laughs> and then die? Yeah. Die from what? Being killed by an academy guy. After they spread the information just far enough that it gets picked up by our uh, chaotic force. Now the academy is just murdering people? Yes. I thought that was where we were going to begin with. Well, now you're just making the status quo people evil. <laughs> There's a difference between evil and aggressively neutral. Okay. Right? <laughs> because it's not necessarily that they're evil. It's just that that person was going to share information that was going to severely reduce their personal power and that just couldn't be allowed to stand. Yeah, that's not evil at it's all. It's not. They just murdered someone who might threaten their power. It's morally questionable, but hey, they took care of that person's family after they killed the person. Are you actually arguing that that's morally gray or are you just, like, messing with me? <laughs> I... I can't tell, actually. <laughs> I, as far as the government is concerned, I'm not sure I would consider it evil, just because, like, it's not aggressive towards people. It's just that... Except the one that killed. That's, a, that's not aggressive? Not really. That's defensive aggression. What, what the hell? If, okay, if it were on an individual scale, then yes, I would argue that that is evil. But on a systemic scale, I'm not sure that I would. They murdered, like, a researcher. They murdered a threat. I, I am not on, on this. Yeah, that's evil to me. That is not neutral. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it could be one faction within them if you wanted. Sure, because the others, the others were, the others were planning on a bribe. Yeah, and this guy, or or like the bribes failed, and then one guy's like, "We had no choice," and the other guy's like, "Oh, it would be interesting if they tried to bribe and like a bunch of like non-evil measures first, and then like all of them failed, and then they killed them." Well, then one guy stepped up and killed them, and the other guys feel bad but don't say anything because they're weak. Weak. And also, it also it maintained their power. So really, selfish and weak. I I am absolutely on board that they were selfish. That was from the very beginning. <laughs> and evil, in my estimation. But you know, again, on an individual scale, evil, sure. But like on a on a systemic scale, there's differences. Yeah, but these are individuals running the government, aren't they? I judge them. Okay. Even though I made them. <laughs> I mean, we both made them, so... Hey. I also judge people I haven't made, so it's all fair. Hey, I judge people that I make all the time, 
Some of them, some of them are assholes. <laughs> some of them are terrible. Uh, okay. You gotta have a war at some point. That's to show off flashy, destructive magic. Exactly. You make it a, a huge fight where the academy is ready to go in and... You know that... I think you could make actually a really good World War One analog out of this. Where everybody's like, yes, we've been uh, the conquering power for so long that war is glorious and we'll take them out and it'll be done. And then they get into the fight and it's like, these people are fighting us on equal footing. Oh no. Yeah. I mean, I don't think we have enough people to have death on the scale of World War One. Well, I wasn't considering it like on the scale of. I was considering the emotional like response to it to be similar. Where they intended to have a war that they're home for Christmas, and then they're just not. Okay. You can write some cool battle scenes here. Very flashy. Political intrigue, people switching sides. As well as, you know, null magic being part of your arse. Like, it's the, like, the best, if you can, like, completely just sucking all of the light and heat out of your opponent's space is like the best way to go because like you power yourself up and you kill the other person that's more of a thing that only a wand user would be able to do though that would be their goal but like you would you would almost have to like hug the other person to do it (laughs) yeah because they have sort of domain over their area yeah it would be like the if if you get into the hand to hand combat level of 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 fighting, then the wand user wins every time. Yeah, so the other guy's gotta be more clever about Freaking it. Clever. Run away as soon as don't don't let them touch you. Exactly, because you just end up this like frozen block of ice. That's horrifying. Um, <laughs> I love it. Oh yeah, bl- bleeding out of everywhere because you know ice crystals. Not really bleeding. The blood's too cold for that. Oh yeah. If they're flash frozen, there won't be any crystal formation. Exactly. It depends. And there'd be no liquid blood either. You could theoretically even thaw, if you thaw them carefully, might not even kill them. (laughs) Um, they do not have the technology to make that not kill you. (laughs) Okay. So you're just flash frozen and dead. Although if somebody like thaws you out really quickly, instead of like just being dead, you have like four words before you die (laughs) yeah which is terrifying because the brain was frozen where it was too so you get like four words and you're like what's going on i dead or if you want to be really gross just freeze like the heart and just leave everything else oh (laughs) yikes you know that is an image i did not need Depending on your knowledge of uh, physiology and anatomy, this is where things can get real grisly. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's the case with any magic system, though. You know, just freeze the eyeballs, you know? Do what you will. <laughs> oh, God, we've got a, lot, a bunch of crippled people here afterwards, don't we? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, quite a few of them. Well, you know, war. Instead of coming home with bullet wounds, they come home with frozen limbs and burned limbs. And limbs that were thrown entirely around their body with kinetic energy. Yeah, you know, like where you only apply kinetic energy to somebody's head. Yeah, that's a... Ooh, <laughs> Ooh we couldn't find the rest of the body. 
And frankly, we don't want to know what it looks like. I think uh, I'm getting a little bit too much into this grizzly stuff. Yep. I got the knowledge, but it is not my genre. <laughs> I'm not a huge fan of it either, so <laughs> we can just move on. <laughs> yep. You know what we forgot this time? Yeah. We forgot to introduce ourselves. So, I mean, I think we should sign out right now, but uh, we can introduce ourselves except, like, post-reduce ourselves i don't know what you would call that are we signing out now we gotta summarize okay you want to summarize it so we have a world where people can transform energy into the basic forms of light sound heat and kinetic i guess i would also add certain types of radiation even if they were more difficult to use Okay, we'll just say electromagnetic radiation instead of light. Also, but thus it includes electricity, so... But but also, you know, like, people have to discover the other types of radiation before they can use them. Fair enough. We have these magic wands that uh, choose people based on compatibility. However, the propagation of power structures within society have made it so that... Mainly only the, the sons and daughters of the rich and powerful get chosen. However, there is this myth that uh, the ones who do get chosen are somehow morally superior and more ethical than the ones that don't get chosen, leading to the shunning of the unchosen ones. Oh, that sounds like a really good name for that other group, the unchosen. You know, I'm really good at accidentally naming things really well. <laughs> but not naming things on purpose. That's fine. Anyway, continue. <laughs> and then that the unchosen ones leads to resentment. Then we have our cast of, uh, you know, children, teenagers, young adults type things where they're in either in the academy or in the unchosen group slash cult slash resistance army. And, you know, eventually... They fight, there's bloody scenes that may or may not be grisly, depending on your taste. And then, uh, you know, everyone is horrified by the the carnage of war. It's not glorious, it's gross. Lots of, lots of feces and other bodily fluids that should stay on the inside of a person. And then, what, somebody rediscovers this, this murdered researcher's files on how... No, I was saying... I was saying that they spread it around before they died and like after they started getting bribes they started taking measures to make sure that everybody knew it. Okay. Because like we'll give you money to make sure that nobody knows this. I'm going to make sure people know this. Okay. So the knowledge of how these wands actually choose is what triggers the war to begin with. Okay. And yeah it becomes widely known and they use that as an impetus to change their society. More specifically, this whole war thing happened? Not great. Let's prevent that from happening again. Yeah. So, like, neither side really wins. They kind of just, like, cannot eliminate the other one. So, in the end, you gotta have some kind of... Truce, if not peace. <laughs> yeah. You know, probably driven by the younglings that we have decided to focus on as, as the main characters. Exactly. After a bunch of them die. Oh, <laughs> that's not actually necessary, by the way. 
And actually, most people would prefer you didn't do that. Please don't murder the younglings. <laughs> do not become Anakin. No. Don't pull, like, a Harry Potter 7, okay? Harry Potter 7 only murdered some people. I was talking murdering way more people than that, but okay. And then even talking don't about Harry go... Potter with, with Rowling's decisions. Don't go murdering the, the pet owl, okay? That's not cool. Make sure you murder the owner of the pet owl, too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> don't just go murdering the pet owl by itself. That's just me. Like, what did the owl ever do? Uh, carried letters. Yeah, faithfully, without complaint. Look really fluffy. Like, don't do it. <laughs> Alright. Uh. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> Moving on from that divergence. That's our story. If you feel like that's something you want to write, do it. And then email us at listeners at unwrittenimaginings.com. If you feel like we got something completely wrong in our uh, depiction of this story, then feel free to write it and uh, email us at uh, listeners at unwrittenimaginings.com. If you think of other really horrendous ways to kill people with this magic system and you, for some reason you want to freak us out, you could also email us. Although, yeah, we'll, we'll still welcome that email. <laughs> exactly. We're still getting communication. Do we want to put out our uh, guest feelers? Oh, yeah. If uh, if you or somebody you know feels like they want to be on the show and uh, you're, you're a writer with an idea that you can bring to an episode, email us at guests at unwrittenimaginings.com. Yeah, that's also an important one. So I think we should do our uh, our, our fake introductions again. So... I mean, I know it's the end, but you can find me at Atheo on uh, Royal Road, currently writing metagame, hoping to get a cover soon, because I am massively behind on doing that for that story. But you know what? That's fine. Yeah, I'm, I'm Eunice. I am the author of Fantasia and Eternal Source, which is currently state they're on hiatus because uh, that's how the real world system works if you don't update for 30 days but technically they're both ongoing <laughs> exactly so hopefully we will see you next sunday with another idea hey okay, bye-bye goodbye <laughs>